This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Lost in America, episode 41. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Mr. Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan, you can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America. Our guest today is Mark Norman. He's a big-time comic in New York City. He's on this, uh, He has pictures in, in every subway station in New York. He uh, just had a special come out on Comedy Central. But more importantly, he's from the great city of New Orleans. Yeah. Which we, is which is like the Wild West, right? You've been down there? I've been down. I was there once. I drove there when I went cross-country many years ago. I lived and, there for a summer in 2003. He's going to tell us all about the city. To me, it's the one city in America that's most like... You can be there and most like feel like you're not in the United States. Yeah. Except for... Yeah, I feel like it's like not America except the tourists who go there. It's They're like Americans. a dirty <laughs> expat town in <laughs> Cambodia a, or Vietnam. Yeah. With or white trash expat. Thailand. <laughs> one of those. It reminds me of one of those. It makes me homesick for Southeast Asia. But it's in the United States. So he's going to tell us all about how, how that came to be, why it is. Right. Why and, we have Cambodia in America. And if you're going to go there, what you should do. All right. Sounds okay. exciting. Okay, but first, Amazon. Yeah. Sponsor, baby. That's it. They've sponsored us. They're on board. So what you do, if you want to support the podcast, it costs you $0. If you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, go to lostinamericapod.com before you do. Click on the Amazon banner, and that'll take you back to Amazon. Do your regular shopping. And a portion of whatever you spend comes to us. Awesome. So, so go spend. That's a good spend deal. Spend people. Support the economy and support us. And we have people doing it so far. It's great. Money's coming in. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Cha-ching, cha-ching, baby. Hey, speaking of money, I got a question for you. What's that? I see you're drinking a beverage or you purchased from 7-Eleven. It looks like a, it looks a little bit caffeine. It looks like iced coffee to me. I got an iced coffee. What yeah. of it? Well, like last week, you closed the, the your whole pod. What? It was about how you're not going to drink iced coffee, drink coffee anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to drink coffee. No, I'm right. not drinking. I'm not not drinking iced coffee. <laughs> Any of those episodes I had, I yelled at my friend's wife. Uh, all those, I couldn't do comedy on stage. My head was buzzing. That was all based on coffee, not iced coffee. Are you saying that like the coffee is? It's not the. It's the heat. That's not the caffeine that makes you crazy. It's the heat. 
I get, I'm not with sure. Styrofoam in the cup. I'm just saying I haven't tested it with iced coffee yet. Oh, you haven't been. You haven't become a different person in iced coffee. Exactly. It was a controlled experiment with regular coffee, not iced coffee. Oh, okay. So I have. A, so here's the challenge. If this works, if this part of the experiment works, okay. You gotta go. I was up in Saratoga Springs the other day, driving through, and I stopped at a coffee place. Yeah. <laughs> I st- I went to a coffee place the other day, and I had an iced coffee. It was called a Death by Ice Coffee. It, the guy explained to me it was more than it was two and a half times the caffeine of a regular iced coffee. That sounds awful. I've been drinking them ever since then. I brought some back. I'm I'm like, because I'm going against type. You're going to be Mr. Low Energy. I thought you're not going to be on caffeine. I got to be high energy. Oh. I'm all hopping around here. So it's my fault. So well, now that I know you're drinking iced coffee, I got to take it up another notch. I got to like Uh-oh. do more death, double death by double so, death by. So if you pass this, I want you to then I'm going to get you some death by and see if that see if you become a different person. Then I no, I actually I will. That's like a speedball to me. Yeah, it's like 0.54 milligrams per whatever compared to 0.2. Oh, out of heart even, palpitations yeah, you, immediately. You are, yeah, if you want to spend all night working on material or driving cross country, whatever. And death you only do by cocaine. Double, whatever you call it. <laughs> death, All right. by, death by coffee. Death by coffee. All right, should we get to Lost in America? Let's get to it. I got a big one this week. All right. Let's play, play music. music. Cap, we're back. First of all, De'Aaron Roots, at the end of this episode, I said a few weeks ago, I was out in Sacramento a few weeks ago, I got to see De'Aaron Roots and his band ADD, Another Damn Disappointment, uh-huh. play live at this concert in the park downtown Sacramento, Cesar Chavez Park, shout out. Yeah. And now- the I got venues in all the world. Exactly. I recorded them while I was there. We're going to play that. At the end of this episode, we're going to play their music. All right. That's pretty good. So stick around. Stick or, around. Or fast forward to the end, but you know. Yes. As long as you listened. Listen to De'Aaron Rhodes and ADD. Okay, so here's my thing. Okay, we have intelligent people, but we have some people not so intelligent. This is what not, unintelligent people do to get themselves out of any like social situation, any way they have to answer any question. People start asking themselves questions in normal conversations. Have you noticed this? Uh, no, explain. Well, explain it to me. You want an example? <laughs> I've been in, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day, and I was like, I was talking to them. They they talk, they go, oh, so you know, am I going to get on the train later? Yes, but <laughs> is the train going to be there on time? I don't know. But if I go home, is food going to be ready, or do I have to cook outside? I don't know. I don't know. They, people ask themselves questions. It's almost like they're in not smart enough. They don't want to wait for you to ask them a question, right? Because they're afraid they won't know how to answer it. Because it's, I don't know. Do you think it's because people, like, they walk around, it's, people are in their own worlds now because they listen to headphones and they're, everything's on social media. They're texting, they're not talking on the phone. So maybe it's like people are developing where they can't. Like they've like lost they, the ability to communicate. If people don't have a, yeah, they don't have a conversation. Like they talk to themselves when you're walking around and you're figuring out your day. You're like, what should I do today? Should I wear the, should I wear shorts or jeans? But then they should say I, it to me. Right, because like, you haven't, they a, haven't adjusted their brain. They're having a one-way conversation <laughs> with themselves while I'm just standing there like an idiot well, waiting to ask a question I can't ask. It's, well, they're asking rhetorical questions, I think. And then, an, yeah, but no one asks them the question. Right. It's also happening. So what do you do? What do you do in this situation? Do you do you interrupt? I go. I wave my arms <laughs> like a like a jet plane's landing, and I go, "Hello, I'm still here. How about you let me follow up? Can I at least ask a follow up?" 
It's uh, also the same. I'm watching. I'm a big sports guy, as you are. Watching these post-game interviews, these coaches now do the same thing. They go, yeah. well, should we have taken 27 shots? It's probably no. No, we shouldn't have. Yeah, well, that's, There's reporters there. Let's them a bunch of millennial that's coaches. That's just the way people talk nowadays. Things have changed. We've evolved. So you're bound. You, that's what I don't like. I don't like that with these dictionaries... They'll like update Webster's dictionary with new words that aren't actually words. You know, like these dictionaries. They're just stuff that, <laughs> coming after you, dictionaries. They're just stuff that people start saying in conversation, but they're like wrong. And then you have to be able to, they have to put it in the dictionary retroactively to appease the idiots. Right. Well, these, the, uh, am I an idiot? I don't know. <laughs> am I making too big of a deal out of this? Maybe. We'll get, do I not have a good idea for this segment? Maybe. Yeah. We'll get our my good friend Noam Chomsky on one day to like. What to does talk, he think? He's a linguist. You know, I don't. I have no idea what he thinks. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> get him on the pod. What about in China? Do people talk to each other? Do they talk to themselves? Do they, do they rhetorical questions? I don't know. I don't think they do. Maybe you just can't understand them. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I tune them out. <laughs> tune out the rhetorical questions. Possibly. I got a billion dollar idea this week. Yeah. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, I do. So, no, because I've noticed. Uh, listen, I got a baby face. I know that. Everyone tells me it. Handsome, yeah. good, you know, yeah, childish, yeah. boyish good looks. The Sparks boys. Damn right? those good looks. <laughs> and But so I go around. I'm buying, if I buy alcohol at a party last weekend, you got to go buy beer. If I'm wearing my wedding ring, yes. never get carded. They never ask for ID, but if I'm not wearing my wedding ring every right. single time, they're and they not only only do they ask for ID, they give me the look like I'm trying to sneak in. To, they're like, "Whoa!" I put that a six pack up a there. Great and they go, idea, actually. To what's your to get wedding rings for the billion minors? dollar ideas? If anyone, any of our listeners, you're under 21, or if you're in Canada, you're under 18 or whatever, go out, get a wedding ring, just put it on. No yeah. one's gonna card you. Right, but, ding, but, ding, but ding, the ding, ding, only ding, idea ding. if we can monetize this, like just telling people to go get it, you've got to sell we them. We got to sell, sell wedding rings to minors that are do like, do I sell wedding <laughs> rings to minors? Because we're experienced married men, we know what a good wedding ring looks like. It's got to be a minimum. It can't be like a piece of crap. You're right. If you want to stay in character, yeah, it's got to be gotta look like a man who's like the wife picked it out and made you wear that wedding ring. And not so. only that, it can't be, it can't look brand new. Yeah, it's got to be worn. We're taking secondhand wedding rings. The hologram's got to be real. No, wait. A guy's <laughs> at, like you or I has at least had to have worn it for a year or two. Yeah. And then we take that exact ring, we sell it to minors. you're not off buying 40s of booze when you just first get married. You're off for your honeymoon. You're Oh, yeah, you're, you got money. You, you yeah, get a booze. And you're yeah, you're it. out there. But you know what? I do think this is Micro a bit of a regional booze. thing. A little regional on your idea because I think... Like in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, and other parts of, of like flyover countries, they say, yeah, uh, people get married at flyover like 20. States. <laughs> flyover states. Uh, people get married and like you know, I, people have like four kids by the time of 25. You know, so that's oh, like, that's in true. New York, like you can't. That, that should be a, like to rent a car. Also, you, I have a wedding ring. Throw on. the wedding ring. Obviously, over 25. No one gets married before 35 in New York. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could run for president if you're in New York based off a wedding ring before you get married <laughs> because you're like I'm obviously 35. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's my take there. But, yeah, it's a good idea. I yeah, think it's could, a good idea. We can, we can work on it. Let's uh, draw some up. We'll get a, I, I know a jeweler guy. He'll make some. He'll make a prototype. All right. We'll get your jeweler on it. Get the Jewish jeweler on. Get your Jewish jeweler. <laughs> do I want to get your Jewish jeweler on? Yes, I yeah. do. Do I want to wear a wedding ring? No. It's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> to type with it, but, you know. And you can take it off whenever you want. Put it on. Take it off. It's up to you. Ants is an app. Is an app. They're working... We just had a meeting with Nate and Ikram and the boys upstairs. <laughs> they got it. That, that yeah. app's blowing up these Ikram days. Ikram took a break from the Cape to come meet with us. A new addition they just had. We're gonna start doing it. It's a two. It's private, private two-way um, 
inting, I guess. Yep. We can ins voice messages to each other back and forth, or we can make it public. You guys can all listen in. Right. We're off. We're also trying to figure out a way to where you can ins us questions. Yeah. About I, the show, and we can play those questions on the air right. and then answer. I think them. if you ins at I'm at Lost in America. Okay. And you're at Turner B Sparks. At, yes. I think if you inside us, we we would hear those questions, right? I'm either in uh, Turner B Sparks or Turner Sparks. I'm not sure. But yeah, inside <laughs> us directly. Inside Lost in America, yeah. inside us questions about the show, and we can read. We can not not just read. read them. We'll play them. We'll play you those. Become questions. famous. Are we going to play the questions yeah. on the show? You yes. become a superstar. You'll be on the air. Boom! A worldwide podcast. Thousands of listeners. <laughs> Millions. Mill soon. Very soon. With Ensis help. E N S E. Get, get in the it, app store. Get it in the app store. All right, let's get to Mark Norman. Bring him in. All right, we're back with Mark Norman. Mark, how you doing? Well, that was the intro? That was it. <laughs> oh, wait, you're going to do, do that. Okay, sorry. I don't want to ruin the magic here. <laughs> we oh. just did the intro. Got it. Got Welcome it. Welcome into the studio. Yeah. Good to be here. Hell of a studio. This is a beauty. This is in studios. This is the oh, second week in a row. We've got a major compliment right off the bat. Will Sylvance yeah. last week was on. Oh, wow. Love the studio. Yes. It always impresses everybody, the studio. Blows well, away. It's all downhill after you see the studio. Security guard downstairs. I don't know if he actually does anything, because I just walk in. He's asleep. I, I, I think just sort of nod to him, going to line beat. That's the... the first time I came here, I checked in with him. Yeah. And he was like, what are you doing? And then I realized you don't, no one ever does. No, it's because yeah. you're a big shot now. You're, you're, you run this company. You're the biggest podcast yeah. in the whole network. So <laughs> yeah. they let you go right yeah, we just we, Yeah, we're just talking. We need to get the network started. Yeah. Ikram, if you're listening... Give us a network or we're leaving. He's not listening. All right. <laughs> Mark, you're from New Orleans. Hey, hey, yes, sir. Well, you're also, wait, we should do another introduction. You're uh, one of the most successful, I would say, you're in all the subways. That's how you know oh. you're famous. Well, right? that's, I've, I've been in defiled. New York City. Yes, that's true. I, I mean, they've, they're gone now, but they were there. And that was, your special came out a couple months ago? Yeah, May. Okay. So you've been here for a while, but you're originally from New Orleans. Born and raised. I lived in New Orleans for a summer. Oh yeah. In 2003. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. One of your last times in America before leaving. That was right before. Yeah, I was here. That was right before my senior year of college, and then I finished school and then went to China, and then now just got back. Pre-Katrina. Pre-Katrina. Wow. I was in New Orleans. I was working at Offbeat Magazine. Oh yeah. Do I? We used to use that for my parrot shit. (laughs) Well, well, let's get into that. No, I'm joking. I've never had a parrot. But Offbeat, I don't know. I don't think any of the locals read it. What? I, Oppie was like the local magazine, like yeah. listings magazine. Yeah, it was, it like, was our, like if you want to see what bands playing uh, that night before the or internet was the, your listings magazine. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like the Village Voice of uh, yes, New Orleans. Exactly, yes, it was. We but, also had Where Yat and Land Yap. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> it was all that offbeat. Yeah, uh-huh. I got a couple uh, reviews published. I like they they let me go to concerts for free. Or, like, they didn't let me. Like, because I was you an offbeat, made... everywhere else let me in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were the nice. music correspondent. Yeah, it was your... well, for the music magazine. Oh, it's a music magazine. All right. <laughs> it was a real, but it was, I, what I, it was a freewheeling town. Oh, dude, it's the Wild West down there. There's, there's lawless. There's... It's insane. It's the only city in, because then I moved abroad for 12 years, mm-hmm. and New Orleans is the most foreign city that's, completely still in America. Definitely most unique city. How? That's my question. Well, you got to go somewhere to be a 
deviant, you know? Like this New Orleans has claimed it. Like Vegas is always like, oh, whatever happens in Vegas. Vegas has got nothing on New Orleans. Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. You yeah. can drink outside, there's whores everywhere, there's trannies, there's gays, there's, it's just a beautiful thing. You got the the Mardi Gras, the Jazz Fest, the Crawfi. It's a good time. So I was there for summer Satchmer. Like they were just coming up with festivals. I think yeah. if there wasn't something every couple weeks. Like summer Satchmo, do they do they even still do that? I've heard of it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's like New York. You know, it's like, hey, you going to Governor's Ball? Like, dude, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm yeah. not going to that shit. This is well, like, we, I think thing. I just knew it because we were covering it at the magazine. But oh. it was their version of like, well, it was a summertime jazz festival, much smaller than every other than Jazz Fest. Uh huh. I believe it. And it we was have, like just an excuse to have something. Yeah, we have Essence Fest. We have the Strawberry Festival. Like all these crazy things. It never ends. And also, when I was there, I think it had just ended the year before. Well, actually, I think. That's what I want to ask you. Everyone was telling me it had just, it was 18 to drink, like, six months earlier. Really? 18 years old to drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people just don't know. Like, I don't believe that. Like, That's my grandparents always would let me drink when I was 18 because they didn't know they had changed the laws. I think a lot of people just. No, these people were all, like, 21-year-olds. Oh, really? They were all college kids at Tulane. I was living with college kids. Who oh, they, were too late. They oh, were the last maybe, state maybe. to change Louisiana. They said yeah, that that's maybe. why they got no funding. Like they, they yeah, the highway finally funding. backed out because they couldn't get government funding or something because they huh. wouldn't change the 18 right. law. The government blackmails you basically. Did that's you go to rule. school? Did you go to school in New Orleans? I went to University of New Orleans for one year and failed out. Nice. Just because of the booze. I joined a fraternity. Got kicked out of the fraternity for drinking too much. All right. Yeah. Possible? <laughs> I know, right? These guys were a bunch of squares. Wait, what, what? fraternity is that? Let's it was, yeah, it was Delta Chi. Delta Chi. What and, were you? Uh, I was in Sammy. I don't know. I didn't get kicked out, but I did get punched out by a Sammy brother after. What after happened? <laughs> we were up. I went to Syracuse. Uh, similar to what a yeah. horrible town. Well, yes, <laughs> that's we're not for college. Pot for college, the worse the town, the more fun normally college. Yeah, is, so Syracuse right? is a good drinking town, and we were up visiting once after we graduated, and I heard there was a party at Sammy. So what we, is Sammy? It stands for Sigma Alpha Mu. Ah, all it's right. Like, You're yeah. in a fraternity. Yeah. I don't know what Sammy <laughs> you just is. Another shorthand. <laughs> I just wanted to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, we showed up. We showed up at this party, and there was not a party. There was like three bad intels. A few people hanging out, and then they this got violently mad at us for coming. And I was like, no, I'm a brother. Sorry, I just want to see the house. And I said my year. And I wasn't thinking we got kicked out a year before I left. I graduated, so they thought I caught me in a lie. Yeah. And I did, like, the handshake. And they're like, everyone has the same handshake. Say the creed. Jesus. And once you're, like, out of college for years, you're like, this shit's really stupid. I'm like, I don't know the fucking creed. Yeah. I just wanted to see the house. And uh, long story short, I got into a pushing match. Someone punched me in the face. Wow. Nice. I was there with Weber and Hammer, two people who've been on the pod before. They were totally useless. They ran. Oh, yeah, that's good friends. <laughs> I, was, I had 30 frat guys coming after me. And wow. What, yeah, fuck, for, fuck the Greek system. Wait, so what, what happened? How'd you get kicked out for drinking? Well, there was a lot of bad vibes going. It was me and two other guys who joined. Because we were thinking Animal House. We're thinking getting laid and sure. drinking. So we had this whole picture in our head. And then we got there, and it was like a lot of chanting, a lot of these like homoerotic things. Oh, like where southern you, stuff. Yeah, you get in your underwear yeah. and you grab each other's dicks and all that. <laughs> wow. It was all weird. Then they were Delta like, you're not pay- have you paid your dues? You're behind? I was only in it like two weeks. I was like, dues, <laughs> what? When do we get naked and fuck right. women and strippers and all that and you gotta donkeys? Grab, you got to grab a bunch of dicks first. Yeah, so I was kind of very distant and I could tell they, they were sensing it. They were always like, you three, we don't like you three. And then <laughs> I, one of them almost tried to like try to kind of fight us at a party. And he and like one of the older main guys was like, "Hey, hey, look, fellas, here's two hundred eighty-three dollars. 
go on a beer run. That'll make it right. So we took the money. We never went back. (laughs) (laughs) So you got kicked out for taking money. Yes. (laughs) $283 is a very random number I would hand people. I still remember it. (laughs) That's good. But you could. So how old? You were like 18. Oh, I guess you had a fake ID. I was 18. You could buy a lot of booze for $283. They were telling me when I was there that at Tulane they had had kegs. Like every Friday, Tulane would just buy kegs for the campus. Uh huh. Because they're like, yeah, they just assumed everyone was eighteen, and you only had to be eighteen. Right. Wow, but, that's uh, amazing. Tulane's a know, good school. Well, when I was in back when I was banging, we would I went to LSU <laughs> for a while in Baton oh, Rouge, yeah. which is an hour away, and uh, we found this bodega type liquor store type place that said, if you bring us three empty keg shells. We will give you a full keg. And we were like, oh my God, that changed our whole lives. That's and a so great we would deal. just drive around stealing kegs. Great. We had a truck, <laughs> truck full of kegs. Like the bed would be full. And we'd get, we got like chased. We got in fights. We were in backyards. Like, we got one jumping over. <laughs> it was wild. But uh, we, we had a lot of free beer for like a year. And that might not even be illegal down there. Well, like, stealing it is illegal. It is. Yeah. Okay. There didn't because there was. Well, we were in backyards. We were like in the back of a <laughs> restaurant. In the Wild West. Yeah. You can jump into backyards. It was. Uh, I the, we'll start with drinking. T- bars were open twenty four hours. Yep. Certain bars. Miss May's Magazine Street. I remember, um, Christmas bar or something like that. Oh. Uh, what was that called? Jeez. Uh, Snake and Jigs. Snake and Jigs Christmas Lounge. Yeah. On Hillary that was, Street. There, that was one of the places where people were like, "Don't go. It doesn't get good till like three a.m." Three a.m. That's when it starts. <laughs> yeah. The people. That was like my first weekend at work. Yeah. Everyone else was maybe two or three years older than me. I was twenty. They were all twenty three, twenty four. Uh-huh. And so they were like, "We're gonna show you New Orleans." Oh yeah, yeah that's a real inside scoop. So that was the first place we went. That was like when we started getting like to be real alcoholics. We were like, we knew about Snake and Jigs. Yeah. 3 a.m., and it was so dirty. If the lights ever went on in there, it would just be horrific. Yeah. It's just jizz. My friend, we went there once. He got blown <laughs> in the bathroom, and I was like, I looked, and he was getting, this woman was on her knees. The bathroom door was open. Right. Hey. He's getting blown. <laughs> no shame. Yeah. No shame on her. I yeah. would just slip them some money not to have to see my friend getting blown. But <laughs> Yeah. Good times. Yeah. And then they had to-go cups. Yes. Like I don't, I don't know. Do they still do mm-hmm. any of this stuff? Yeah. So you, they had like a plastic cup. You could just walk outside and yeah. drink. The wall next to the door has like that cup dispenser, and you just take your Bloody Mary and pour it into the plastic out of the glass and walk outside. It's is it all in all of Louisiana that way or just New Orleans? I think it's just New Orleans, but it's pretty uh beaten into the system. Like if you saw a guy in New Iberia, which is another little town in Louisiana, I don't think anybody would Shut be up. like, Whoa, what's he doing? You know, it's just kind of <laughs> just part of the gr- culture. Part of the culture. You grow up with it. And then also you couldn't I when I was there, the law was that you could have op- you could have open containers in cars. Uh huh. But it had to be one less than the amount of people in the car yes that's wow i forgot about that yeah, you, yeah. is the driver allowed to be holding one i think i don't know if that <laughs> frowned even, upon frowned upon yeah <laughs> frowned upon I think. and so it was uh yeah so if you had four people you could have three open containers right. yeah assuming the driver the driver was, was not, not drinking. drinking so would you pick up like people to give them rides just so that you could have more booze in your car well, like, I'll give you a ride somewhere you can't drink, but you can I, hold a beer. That would be a yeah. good move because pre-Uber, yeah. like every other city in America was like, oh, when Uber came, we changed because then you, d- you, didn't, drunk, right. you could drive around or you could get driven around. Yeah. But New Orleans, I think people just drove drunk. All the time. I mean, I drove drunk all the time. I fell asleep driving once and I woke up <laughs> on the highway with my, I'm going to try to explain, I was on the freeway with like my two left tires were over the edge yeah. and my other two were on the on the cement and the middle of the guardrail was going down the middle of my car like Jeez. like I was grinding like a skateboard <laughs> and I woke up and I was like you know horizontal and I was like ah and 
I pulled off and I popped both tires. I had to go to I had a '71 Cutlass. I had to go to a junkyard to find the rim before you I could go yourself? back home. Yeah, I was by myself, but I called my friend at 5 a.m. and he came and got me. We drove around Louisiana looking for two '71 Cutlass rims. And we finally <laughs> found them. One was red and one was uh, copper color. And so I drove home, like, after that whole thing, we put the tire on. It was He worked at an auto shop. Did we sober up? Yeah, we put the tire on. We're sober up. Now it's, like, noon. I drove home. My dad was watering the plants. He's like, what's up with your car? I was like, <laughs> and I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no one? The cops didn't come when you? Oh, no. I mean, I was in the middle of the night. I was drunk, and there was there was no one on the road. No one around? <laughs> yeah, it was just a freeway. This is also before internet and cars and stuff. I mean, yeah. not cars, but internet and phones <laughs> and stuff. Driving drunk so, was, it was a different time. It was, yeah, it was the, the, to like the glory days. Anyone who wants to, whenever people go abroad, they always, the first thing they notice, the first thing when people come to China, like when I was touring, when I was living there, people come out to tour, the first thing they ask is they're like, you're in a bar and you're going to go walk down the street to another bar and they're like, hey, uh, can I take this beer outside? Everyone mm-hmm. gets all tense. Yeah. Just go to New Orleans, and then they're like, this is the best. You can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. if you can't afford to go abroad, just go to New Orleans. Yeah, it's a good point. Right? Yeah, there's just a, strippers everywhere. And, interesting uh, food. Good food. Yeah. Seafood, Creole, oh, they, also jazz. Also, the, the character. Like, there's people who I feel like have dropped out of society. This, this is going to sound like a negative, <laughs> but this is not. That oh, I know like where you're going. And, if, and they end up in New Orleans. Yes, all the weird outsider dregs. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's how it started. That's why it got so weird. Like, people say, keep Austin weird. Austin's fucking normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Austin's fake Every weird. normal yes. person I know lives all in the other city. Yes. Portland, which I was just in. Portland's weird. weird. But a little bit fake weird. Like, yeah, you know, a little like, bit. New Orleans has the... Yeah. Of all the random American towns, like, that are not I, you the don't major, see, major like, cities. The, like, people, yeah, the, New Orleans is... The one. is is crazy weird, like dangerous weird. Yes, you know, yeah, more like, dangerous weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, Portland's like, I'm a free spirit. Let my freak flag fly. It's like people who fancy themselves as weird move to Austin or Portland. Yes. People who are actually Seattle. weird end up in they New Orleans. Up I don't think they move there on purpose. Or they've yeah, been there at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. At some point in their life, they've traveled through New Orleans and just and hung out stay. there for three years. They went to a bar, had a drink, and three years later, they're like, oh. And which is right. very similar. I was in Cambodia a couple months. With a, there's a comedy, the comedy in Asia. Sister you kind of go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding, Sister City. First of all, it was founded by the French, and so the architecture is exactly the same as New Orleans. Where's this, sorry? Cambodia. Oh, Cambodia. really? Yeah. What? I mean, it wasn't founded by the French, but the French took it over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They found it as a nice colonial way to put that. <laughs> Right. They colonized it, and then they built all the buildings. And then it's also the cheapest place to live in Asia. So anyone, it's also like the sieve of like, yeah, if you fall out of China, Japan, Korea, you end up one day in Cambodia. When I was there, I was like, this is New Orleans. Oh, really? That's what think about. Like, I got to get you on and talk wow. about it. Oh, I got to go to Cambodia. Go when yeah. you're there. You'll feel at home. That's right. their football team. But yeah, they got LSU, <laughs> Cambodia, branch <laughs> down there. All right, I'm down. Yeah, it was a crazy place to grow up. Uh just you're right. It's it's just lawless. I don't know what it was. There's a freedom there. Like I remember getting into cabs. You'd see a cab driver with a beer between his legs, and you know, a sunglasses on at night, smoking. It was just it was a wacky, kooky place, and I didn't appreciate it as a kid because it, it was just normal. It was just I thought that was just a city. So then, when you moved away, did everything else just like did everything move? else seemed square and when boring? Did you, did you move? Leave New Orleans. Yeah, I went to college at LSU, but it was an hour away, so you could come back so right. easily. But then. I moved to San Antonio. I was like, trying to be a movie guy, and I moved to San Antonio for a year to work on this movie. And San Antonio was just so boring and shitty and dull. And uh, so then I came back to New Orleans, and I was like, all right, I want to be a comic. And then I moved to New York, and New York's great, obviously. 
Did you do comedy in New Orleans? I did. I did it for about a year, but there's zero. I was gonna say scene. I don't remember anything. Yeah, there, there's a little thing going on now down there. Like there's some good shows and comics. Okay. But when I started, it was like you get up once a week, maybe you drove to Lafayette, drove to Baton Rouge, you had to get out a lot. Yeah, because I was gonna say, why would people go to see comedy when you can just go outside? That's and the thing. Show That's their tits what it is. For like and a- also, like the and not only, the, the, but then like the best music. Yeah, like yeah. all those brass bands and everything. Exactly, and it's a big tourist city. We make all our money on tourism, but yeah, you just want to get drunk. They start drinking at noon, right? And then they want to go listen and be like, no one's drunk going. No I want to hear something thoughtful and provocative. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 they no. want to hear jazz and watch a uh, lady, you know, show her cans. And- it was did, it was the first place I I ever went in my life where. So I want to ask, like, what your parents did, what the sure, friends did. Sure, bring it on. Because, like, adults, <laughs> it was the first place where I was adults, people older, yeah, who were just insa- like, insane in the, like, party way. Yeah, yeah. Like, people who could party harder than me. Right. And not like, hey, it's a weekend, I'm going to have a beer. Like, lived it. That yes. was my episode. I went to New Orleans once, and it was in the year 2000. Yeah. And I was, we actually, I was moving to Los Angeles, and we decided to take a detour and go through New Orleans. Oh, good for you. So, you know, because Route 10 goes all the way. So we went all our way, went to New Orleans. I was like, so excited to party. Had an amazing time. But yeah, like if you're a young person, you're like, I'm going to go meet some girls and stuff. You walk outside and it's like middle-aged. Like, like it's, the, it's the Super Bowl for like white trash, like party. Yes. Like, Irresponsible yeah. adults. Like, yes. I never saw, my first experience Like my that. parents don't act that way, never acted that way. So I never didn't even know like who these people are like growing up. But they're the best. <laughs> did awesome. you have friends like that? Or... Oh, yeah. And you always had the friend whose dad was out of control. <laughs> yeah. And the uncle was there. Like the weird uncle was drunk. There was I was always around as a kid. What did your parents do? My parents were both lawyers when I was young. I had the weirdest wow. upbringing. My parents... I grew up in this house outside of the quarter in this place called uh, the Marini, which is like the the first neighborhood in New Orleans. And it's old, and the quarter's here, Marini's here. And uh, it got kind of crime-riddled and whatever. And my dad, something happened where my dad like hit a big money spike, and he bought a mansion in Treme, which is like this rundown, old-school neighborhood. Show, What's that? From the HBO show. Yes, yeah. from the HBO show. And it's like, it was all poor, black, whatever. But the houses were beautiful because it was all like, it was like one of the earlier neighborhoods in New Orleans. So he bought this mansion, which was like dilapidated, falling apart. So he put a ton of money into it, but we kept getting robbed because people were like, oh, these white people moved into this mansion. They must be loaded. So <laughs> yeah. people were breaking in all the time and then be like, there's nothing in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we weren't a them. rich family, but we looked like it from the outside. And uh, so my dad's pouring all this money into this building trying to fix it up. And it was huge. It had like a West Wing and like a crazy uh, parlor in the front with a winding staircase and all this shit. But, you know, we also had pigeons flying around and stuff. And the plaster was coming off the walls. So he put so much money into it. And now we're broke. So then he had to make the back half into a bed and breakfast. So now I'm eating breakfast in the morning before school with like Chinese businessmen, (laughs) traveling musicians, like weird hippies. And uh, it's just a weird feeling because your mom's like cooking breakfast for them. So you're like, well, I'll just get some cereal. <laughs> Continental breakfast every day. Yeah, it was like fried French toast and shit going. That would be like my parents' dream. I oh, think. it was hell. My mom was stressed out. And then and the robberies on top, plus like the racial tension in the neighborhood. Like my bike got stolen <laughs> 8,000 times. You know, like, like people would push me off my bike and all that shit. And you know, you're like this little white kid. It was, it was jarring to would say the least. Would you get robbed when you were home? I walked in on two robberies. Oh yeah. What do you say when you walk in? You're just yeah, what do you I do? was so I was so like ignorant to it. One time I was probably like six oh. and my parents were gone or whatever. And I was home, it was during the summer, and this guy I just bump into this giant black guy. <laughs> I, he must have been six five or maybe I was just little. 
And he was like, oh, 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 hey, uh, uh, where are your parents at? And I'm like, oh, shit, let me go find them. <laughs> and I was Keep like, robbing. yeah, I was walking around going, dad, dad. And they were out doing something. <laughs> and then I remember I was upstairs looking for my dad. And I look out the back window and I see him TV. running through the backyard with a TV under uh, his arm. Wow. And I was like, what? I still didn't get it. I was so young. I was like, what is this? A TV delivery man. It yeah. could have been a great, yeah, like a Home Alone situation. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so then my parents came home, and I told them what happened, and my mom was like, oh, my God, because I was face-to-face with the guy, you know? Yeah. And so then they called the cops, and I described the guy, and it was a whole thing. I guess it's better that you weren't scared. I guess so, yeah. I was so clueless. And then they got you a shotgun, because... Yeah, did you have a gun? You're going to be the yeah. security guy, I mean. <laughs> no. Did you guys have guns? No, my parents are very, like, liberal, wussy, no-gun okay. kind of people. Yeah, you have to be pretty liberal to live in that area, because, like, my bike right. would stolen, and I'd come home crying, right. and my mom was like... Well, they need it yeah. more than oh, us. Wow. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I got feelings, too. But that's too. the other thing. There was no, um, I don't know if there was zoning in New Orleans, because I was staying with, like, five people all in a house. It was a, it was a pretty nice house. Uh-huh. It was on Nashville Street near Tulane. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good area. But then a block away one morning, like, I opened the newspaper, and there was an AK-47 fight. What? Yeah, at a um, one of those, like, do-it-yourself car washes. Oh, yeah, those were rough. And those they had all the surveillance cameras <laughs> everywhere, and it was literally like one block away. Wow. And they had all the surveillance, so the, the pictures in the paper of everyone shooting each other. Jesus and Christ. And it seemed like, yeah, I was from like the suburbs of like Northern California. Yeah. Where there's, you get like 20 yeah. square miles of this neighborhood, right, and then right. 20 square miles of the other. That's the thing about New Orleans. No one tells you is this street can be beautiful, like tree-lined, old architecture, rich people, and then you go one block behind it, and it's fucking the wire. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. It's wild that way. It was, yeah, to the adults. I remember there was this guy. Like, it was also a place, which happens abroad all the time, where people remake. Like, I witnessed a guy remaking his own identity mm. in New Orleans. This guy was, I was going to college in Miami, and my friend's sister was living, they were like a family from Fort Lauderdale, like upper class Jewish yeah. family. And one weekend, I'm at their house, and the girl's boyfriend, his older sister's boyfriend's there. His name's like Dan. Mm-hmm. And he's just like some nerdy guy, and he's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then the, I moved to New Orleans the next weekend. The first night I go out to a bar, Dan's there with like board shorts, and his hair's all messed up, and he's like shit-faced hammered, and there's some band on stage, and everyone like loves Dan. <laughs> And before he was like in a suit and like, eh. Oh, and everyone's like, I was like, hey, I know that guy. And I'm like, hey, Dan, you're from uh, that thing, like the People's House in Miami last weekend. Yeah. And he's all embarrassed. He's like, oh. And everybody's like, you know Surfer Dan? Oh. Surfer Dan. Oh. Surfer Dan comes up from Miami sometimes. Double identity. Him, yeah, they're like, he's never surfed in his life. They're surfing in New Orleans? It seems like a strange No, because he was from Miami. <laughs> they called him Surfer Dan. He was like this big New Orleans like drug guy. Yeah. You know, like crazy partier. Shout out to Surfer Dan if he's Surfer listening. Fascinating. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing I forgot to say was uh, I lived in this bed and breakfast, and we had a housekeeper, and it was a transgender woman named Enos. Wow. It was a giant black guy who wore a wig and high heels and would, like, mop, and uh, he was did burlesque at night. And he was a great guy, and he taught me how to, like, fight and how to kiss girls That's and like, all this, but it was a transgender <laughs> person. Transgender guy yeah. taught you how to kiss. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it was he, pretty wild. So he was straight. I have a freak. Yeah. Does transgender mean gay? I've always wondered No, he was that. transvestite. Sorry. Did I say transgender? Oh, transvestite. But it's transvestite. That's what I was thinking transvestite anyway. Does transvestite mean gay or no? No. I, I think it can go not. either way. I guess, yeah. It yeah, just it means. Like Eddie Izzard, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's not gay. I don't think he is. He's not. I think he's married, maybe. He just likes to dress like that. Yeah. Shout out, Eddie. So what did he teach you? 
you know, just like the ways of, cause I was becoming like 13, 12, 13. So he's like, I'll tell you how to go on a date. He taught me like to put the seat back down and all that shit. Ooh, Normal move. stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> shit. My parents, they were all busy. They were always working. So a lake move. He probably, yeah. <laughs> I hung out with him quite a bit. <laughs> the, um, government was also crazy. Yeah. Which I never made knew it all much about that. Well, when I was there, Ray Nagin was the mayor. Oh, Chocolate City. Yeah, <laughs> Mayor Ray Nagin. And then I was literally just looking up today to see what happened to him. He's in prison for 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are we, embezzlement? Or embezzlement. What? I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Good old Ray. And he was, uh, he was like a, yeah, he was like a local. He was a guy during Katrina, wasn't he? The mayor? Probably, because yeah. yeah, I was, was there right before Katrina. Yeah. Everyone loved him when I was yeah, there. He was like was, a black guy, he and he was young, and he was mm. cool, and he right. was like, he had a shaved head. Right. And he was like, I'm turning the city around. But every, there was something about him that was like sleazy. I couldn't figure oh, out why. Oh, yeah. Everybody in New Orleans has got a sleaze well, to Also, him. how much money was poured into the city after Katrina? Like, that's just too tempting for some people. Millions. Sure. Yeah. Millions. Well, yeah, but even pre-Katrina, like, it was, because they had the casino, and they yeah. had all, all the tourism, as you said. So much tourism, so much money coming in. But yet the roads were still like bumpy, like potholes. Yes, that's and true. I remember asking somebody like, "Why does this exist?" He's like, "Oh, because the government is like people so like, corrupt." People are driving so drunk. You need the, the potholes to wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Cur- I remember there was a big thing in the newspaper about, you know how like uh, when you get your brake tag put on, like they cut it up so you can't steal it. Yeah. You've heard of this? Wait, the brake tag? You know you get your brake tag sticker in the windshield. It's like a... Oh, yeah. It's on the windshield. To prove that you've kind of like passed the test. Yes, you pass the inspection. Well, People uh, steal this? Apparently, the brake tag, people were hiring people to go and steal those. So you'd have to get a new brake tag. Oh, my gosh. That was one thing I heard about as a kid. There was also... There was like a... Um, I was trying to look it up. I couldn't find it, but there was a uh, government, like local government prostitution ring going on. Oh, yeah. When I was there. That's cool. Local. <laughs> a lot of local, like all the local politicians. Like it was run by the government, like an Obamacare for like. <laughs> like they were all going to the same madam oh. in oh, the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. The government was and helping somebody squealed on it. I don't know who. But yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot of prostitution. So is it still that way since it, Katrina? It's it cleaned up a bit. Has it jumped the shark since Katrina? Is what you're trying to say? Is it like right after like, Katrina? It was like, whoa, this is like a Mad Max thing. And then after Katrina, like more people now people are moving there, which is crazy because like neighborhoods you wouldn't even dare walk through. I see like hipster white guys riding a unicycle. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, after Katrina, it was like everyone it was like New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. They got a basketball team back, I think, because of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah, they got the team, right? Yeah. They broke. They tore down the projects too, which was crazy. Like they were pro. There was the French Quarter, and then like two streets over were the projects. Like, yes. Projects. Guns and the whole thing, and they just got rid of them. And they just got rid of. Them. They tore them all down. Where did the people go? They went to fucking Houston. Oh, yeah, everyone <laughs> right. moved to Houston. Was right? it Houston? It was somewhere in Texas. It, I was, it was Houston, Houston because they. I remember they opened up uh, whatever their stadiums were, and yeah. people were like living in well, their yes. stadiums. For yeah, a while. The Rockets are doing better than the Pelicans in Houston. Yeah. There you go. Well, they got all the blacks. Yeah, <laughs> they're better. <laughs> and the Chinese. No, the Rockets. Oh. They just got a new Chinese guy. Oh, oh yeah. Did they, they try to keep a Chinese person at all times since Yao Ming. Why is that a luck thing? No, it's <laughs> marketing. It's because it's marketing and luck. It's because when Yao Ming, when they drafted Yao Ming, immediately the local China, 1.3 billion people's local basketball team was the Rockets. Uh huh. And so since then, they when Yao Ming retired, they got Jeremy Lin. Even yeah. though he was from Taiwan, he was actually from California. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it was as close as they could get. Yeah. And then they just drafted another guy who stinks. I saw but they're seven... like, We just need a Chinese guy. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're lo- they changed their colors. They uh-huh. were they went to the red and white. 
like which before they were like that blue with like the rocket shooting through. Uh-huh. They went red and white because of China. It's like the way oh. the Celtics use China. The Celtics used to always have a white guide for the fans. Exactly. This is like we have to have a Chinese guy. On the yeah, team yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so the the Chi- there's a Chinese basketball team named the Rockets. Is that what I heard you no, say? No, I'm saying the Houston the Rockets, Rockets yeah. in America have decided since 2001 that they're going to be China's team. They want the oh. entire China market to be their fans. Oh, and just so they for tra- money. They try, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they try to keep a Chinese guy on the team at all times. That's so funny. But also now the Beijing team, the or by like the government Chinese like government team is called the Rockets. Uh-huh. They name themselves after the Houston Rockets. Oh <laughs> so wow! Everyone there loves the Rockets. So what what's the what's the goal? The Chinese people are going to watch from China. They do. Really? Yeah. There's. I mean, they love the NBA. That's when, hilarious. When I was there, they they started showing games in '85. When I was there in 2000. 2004, it had just like blown up because uh-huh. of Yao Ming, and now it's like every day at lunch, like when you get off work, like you go to lunch to watch basketball games because they'll be on live at lunchtime they, they, there. Wow! I've just talked to this before, but they'll give them their their American their their white names is it their English names they call them? Like yeah. they'll, they'll name themselves after players in the Rockets, right? Like Tracy's oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Jason Chinese Grady, Jimmy Jack. Oh cool. <laughs> yeah, all the when I used to teach English, all the boys in my class were named Tracy. Uh huh. And I was like, I guess. I mean, it's kind of a girl's name, but yeah. sure, you know, you can take because they love Tracy McGrady. Interesting. <laughs> like Carmelo and LeBron. Uh huh. <laughs> LeBron's <laughs> Shane Battier was a big one. They they go deep with the Rockets. Chris, Paul, Chris will be the new one, now, right? Yeah. So oh, wow, I'm Tracy Nguyen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. Boys and girls. Tracy, yeah, right. Just everybody. That's a good name. I like a name for a boy. So did you, um, you start, like, so w- w- how far along in comedy were you when you moved from oh, New Orleans to New York? I was nothing. I had, like, a good seven minutes, and I was, like, I feel like I was one of the more funnier guys in New Orleans, because no one gave a shit. you like, it was a hobby there. Like, oh, I'll do comedy. I'll get up at this open mic. I'm a wacky guy. Yeah. And uh, I, like, studied it and read books and was watching all the specials on TV. So I, like, gave a shit, and I was like, I want to do this. I'm in love with this. It's my passion, whatever. And so I tried a lot and tried new and worked on stuff, and I would drive everywhere. And I just wanted to keep going up. And Sean Patton, yeah, if you've heard of him. I've seen He's great. He's great. And yeah, he yeah. was, like, the biggest, best comic in New, new Orleans. Okay. We had Theo Vaughn. Okay. Of, of Road Rules fame, sure. yeah. <laughs> which yeah. was like a big deal back then. Like yeah, he's yeah. been on TV. Holy it's a credit. Shit. Yeah, sure. so he would come in and like blow everybody away and look like leave with the hottest girl and all that. And so yeah. that was cool. I gotta get on Road Rules. Yeah, yeah. Show's over. <laughs> that was like late '90s too. You know. So then Sean Pat moved to New York, and I had gone to film school in New York uh, a couple of years before. And I was like, oh, I knew, I know the city. He's he's gone there, and he's he like came back and told us about it over a campfire, you know. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going with you. And yeah. so we all went back. Like me and two other guys went to New York, and it was tough sledding for a while. I've uh, been here about ten years, but the first year I got bed bugs, I got mugged three times, landlord died of AIDS. Like it was crazy, Jeez. crazy Jeez. rough first so year. You the Were building. you ever like? Uh, because it's obviously it's a massive risk you're taking, yes. and you're going from as you said like seven minutes or whatever a yeah. local like hey this is fun I'm the one taking it seriously to all of a sudden New York which I, we know is insane yeah were you ever like I'm fuck this no I never had that thought because I had nothing else I had zero backup plan I had zero way I, I didn't want to do anything else you know it's just like it's almost like if you're on a deserted island, you're like, I got to just keep going. Yeah. What am I going to do, kill myself? Yeah. So, yeah, you just keep going. It sucked, and it was hard, and uh, I had no money, but you just, there was no other option. Yeah, no, <laughs> nothing else. I wasn't like, well, fuck it, I'll go be a lawyer. I didn't have any of that. And it wasn't like you go back to New Orleans and do comedy. Oh, was- no. I mean, 
New Orleans is such a fun place and all that, but like New Orleans is almost like a the dad that's cool, but he never hugs you. You know, like yeah, sure, he's fun and he's got Molly, but he's, he doesn't drive you to school. That was the people. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Like the irresponsible adults. Like I gotta become that kind of dad. By in, the way, <laughs> it was actually those people. I remember there was this guy who was best friends with everyone I lived with, and we were all like 22, 21 when I was there, whatever. This guy was like forty. And he bartended with some of them. Mm -hmm. And he was making like, they were like, dude, this guy, he's making like 70 grand a year bartending, which was awesome. But he'd he'd been making 70 grand a year bartending since he was 22. Yeah, exactly. And that was all he was going to be doing. Right, right. Yeah, all my friends are like, you're crazy for moving. They're all like line cooks and mechanics and shit. They're very blue collar. And they were just like, you're a fucking fag. What are you, a theater guy? What are you getting on stage? And I'm like, I'm trying something. Get off my ass. But that's how New Orleans is. it's a small place, and it wants to keep you small. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was like, I got to get out of here. And it's still a small town. Like, everybody knows everybody, and you fuck this girl. They all hear about it. and <laughs> You know, it's it's a great city, and I, I love it, and it's awesome, but it still has that, like... Like, a, who do you think you are? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You think you're better than us? Yeah. Leaving? Like, big shot? <laughs> Tall poppy syndrome, they call that in, uh, I think, in Australia. Mm. But then they do in... All around, like Australia, yeah. wherever. Uh, You've accused Boston of having the syndrome. So Boston, Boston got it from Orleans. Ireland because yep. Ireland has it too. Right. New Orleans got, got it bad. from Cambodia, or where they get now? Yeah, no, I was gonna say you're gonna, you got to go to Cambodia. Everything you're saying, I'm dying to go. <laughs> I want to get a whore. All these towns, all these like little expat towns, are that. Once you end up there, they're like, yeah, that's great. As, as long as you're there, like I started open mic wherever I was, you know, mm-hmm. in in Suzhou. And that's all. actually they were supportive, but then when you go around, people are like, "Well, you really think like the number one question people asked me when I was moving to New York a year ago was like, well, you think you're gonna you think you're gonna make it there? Yeah, you think that's gonna work? It's very weird, <laughs> like in that tone. I'm looking I, at you now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Now you're in a Venmo studio. Yeah. <laughs> but I have friends who are like smart, funny, like gifted gab, smooth talking guys, and I'll be like, dude, we should go to Ireland. They're like, what are you, Ireland? What the fuck? I, what are you crazy? They don't even speak English over there. Like, what are you saying? I don't know where the roads are. I don't know where to get a sandwich. Like, you're like, they're so nervous about change. Yeah. And uh, they just can't do it. So I'll be like, come visit me in New York. They're like, where am I going to stay? What, Puerto Ricans? Oh, shit. You know, like they, they, it's too much. They, they're so comfortable in New Orleans. And they're so, it's like Brooks from Shawshank. You know, once he left, he's like, I can't live like this. Yeah. They like that prison. You know what? Um, people get, I was into it for a little while. You get in, if you can, if, like teaching English abroad is the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like if you just, if you're white. They will hire you, and like literally, if you're white, right. and you're yeah. like the king, if you're of the black, town. they're like, eh, we don't like Africans. Oh, really? <laughs> Even if you're like, I'm from America, I have a teaching credential. This guy just like fell off a truck. Is that like, right? We'll go with the white guy. Yeah. Wow. Because they think that uh, the parents that this, there's, it's all business. So they're yeah. like, they think that their students' the parents, parents will wanna, will... want them to learn from someone who has an authentic accent, which it, they assume it looks like American Joe. Right. Because if everyone in their country. Is if every Chinese person looks Chinese, and then I'm white, even if I'm born there, they're like, "You're not Chinese, you're white," mm-hmm. you know. And so they just assume that that's the same way it works other places. Oh, interesting. But anyway, uh, every so you can teach English. Anyone can teach English, and it pays like decently well to where you can live comfortably. Yes, you can do it forever. And so then it's this thing where you just do it forever. You're right. like, "Why? It's yeah. easy. Everyone likes me. Have a good time. We go get drunk. Yeah, hey. you be yeah. the king of the town. Party time. Right. With the girls. Come exactly. In. Yeah. Do they? Do the chicks? Do the Chinese chicks? Are they like, "Whoa, white guy? How?" Cool cool as that yeah oh really yeah <laughs> i'm married <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> worked for me and is she like authentic she's from yeah like the big accent and the whole thing <laughs> not a, uh no because she went to a year of college in 
the United States. Uh-huh. Which just she actually worked, went to like three months of college in North Dakota. In North Dakota, yeah. And then oh, wow. she worked at Disney. Real the whole program. She worked at Disney World. And then wow. she went to, and then went to grad school in the UK. Oh my gosh, she got the whole white trifecta. And she got it all. And so then I met her when she came back to China and she had like this British accent. Weird. Oh, really? She had a British she accent? Did. She doesn't have it now. We yeah. had, she was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. She just got here. Yeah, she just got a green card. I got the green Whoa. card. She episode. So was she's it, like worldly. Yeah. Know. Was it kind of hot when she had a, you're like, oh, I'm fucking someone else? Yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> when she switched accents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's in bed. You're like yelling your name. You're like, I don't know who this is, but I like it. It's still pop- <laughs> like certain words, it still pops up, you know? But she's right. from there, born there, raised there, grew up there. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You'll have a good time. That's more authentic then. So yeah, you're going. I'm going to China. When are you go? Um, is it in September? September, late September. Yeah. Well, we have tons of listeners out there. So, oh great! Uh, Come yeah. see me at the Kung Fu Club. Kung Fu Comedy Sometime Club. Sometime in September. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you we'll, say? We'll get it's, an exact date. Sometimes. Yeah. September. Yeah, we'll figure. I think it out. It's 10th through we'll the 17th. It then, it's like yeah. a week. Cool. 10th going to 17th. Beijing. I'm going to see the wall, the whole thing. And if somebody's going to New Orleans, what's what's like restaurant? What would you recommend? Oh well, there's so many. Jeez. Uh, I would go to you know get a burger at Portacol, and then. Uh, I'd go to Frankie and Johnny's. Maybe I'd go to um, uh, Giacomo's on oh, Maple Street. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many. Jeez. I gained 15 pounds in two months eating po' boys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> good stuff. Thing, right? What's that? Beignets, right? Is that the Beignets. Beignets, so it's the beignets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cafe du Monde. I ate an amazing Middle Eastern meal in New Orleans. I don't remember the name of the place. Oh, but maybe Mona's. The was great, but I was probably really drunk and yeah. 20 years old, so what do I know then? It's a great place. <laughs> it's great. And what about bar? Oh, I'd go to Miss May's because uh, that's where I would. That was like our watering hole. It's open twenty four hours. When I was going there, nothing was more than two dollars. Not a thing. You get a Long Island iced tea, and it was two dollars. It's great. You got a beer it was a dollar. I'm sure the prices have gone up, but you would go there, and it was so cheap, and it was in such a kind of a weird neighborhood where it was like on the corner of like. This side is very waspy, fratty, white, and this side's like all black, and this side's like. Uh, Hippy dippy. So it was like a mixture. You'd see like an old black guy with one eye and like an eye patch playing pool with a frat guy in boat shoes and a <laughs> and a button down tucked into shorts. And then like a dirty That's old America. lady with her tits out at the bar, uh, who's probably been who's playing like the blues for thirty years or whatever. And you just a, a mixture of every every kind of New Orleanian in there. That's the and best. That was my favorite. It's so beautiful. It's That's beautiful. It was, it was the best. People talk about the South is all racist, and it, I feel like it's way more racist in New York than it is. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Just because there's more commingling of the races, mostly just white and black, really, in uh, New Orleans. But here, it's very, like, Upper East Side is very white. Then you got Harlem, which is, like, the sectioned-off black area. Then there's Bed-Stuy. It's, like... There's like sections. There's Chinatown, literally. Was, all the way. Yeah, I was gonna say because my wife got here and she's like, "Where, where are all the Chinese people?" I'm like, "I guess in Chinatown." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or leave. I'm like, or, I don't know. Flushing, yeah. Yeah, way out in Flushing. You're like, there's Sunset Park. We found this other. Right. Name. We're finding these like Chinese neighborhoods. Oh, they're out there. But you gotta go find them. You gotta find them. They're not just like hanging around. But there's even Little Italy. There's Little Korea. There's like Curry Hill, you know. There's there's Murray Hill. Murray (laughs) Hill, Curry Hill, yeah. All the Jews. Is that your neighborhood? Oh, that's all the. Out of college. uh. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of New Orleans, one last question. You said best restaurant. Where's the best brothel? Our listeners want to know. Oh, that's a good question. Is it legal there? I lost my virginity to a prostitute. It's not legal. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my virginity to a prostitute on bourbon. By the way, no. I'm sure you've heard this story before. It's, I've not. It's like a, it's like my go-to. 
but ba- I'll give you the quick version. Okay. It was New Year's Eve, Eve of the Millennium. So it was 99, oh. December yeah. 30th. And uh, so it was like Y2K buzz. And, <laughs> the world uh, might end. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got to lose my virginity <laughs> before the world ends. Well, <laughs> that was my line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were walking down Bourbon, me and a bunch of guys, and it was before cell phones and all that. So I remember we just lost two friends. They were just gone. They're like, we're going to go get daiquiris. <laughs> yeah. So we lost them. <laughs> we didn't see them for the whole night. And then I saw this woman on the on the balcony of the Ramada Hotel, and she was flashing everybody, and she was pretty hot. She was a little older. She's probably like 45. And I was like, oh, look at that. That's cool. And she like said, hey, you guys want to come up? It was me and two other guys. And, she, and we were like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Jesus Christ. Yes, we want to come up. And we try to go in there. Like, you can't come in if you're, if you're not a guest because it was, it was, you know, New Year's Eve, so they were being more sure. security. And so we go back, and we're like, hey, they're not letting us uh, come in. She goes, I'm coming down. So nice. we're like, wow. oh, my God, this adult. I was 16. <laughs> wow. This adult is talking to us. It was crazy. <laughs> She's so nice. Yeah, and so she came down, and she had the leather jacket unzipped. It was insane, like, how hot she was, and the tits were just kind of, like, flowing in the wind. And uh, she kept talking very, like, mom-like. She was like, look, if you guys want to come up and throw some beads, I got I got drinks up there. It'll be fun. <laughs> and I was like, ah, jeez, you know, PTA, she doesn't want to do anything. So my friend is like elbowing me like just say something you fag come on <laughs> so i go hey look lady i don't want to go into 2000 a virgin and she puts her arm around me and she goes well i won't let you wow. and that was it we went up there and uh, she brought my two friends up on the balcony and there was like an old guy in there with, i assume <laughs> yeah, this is new orleans i assume he was the pimp and uh he shut the balcony door and uh she she said, how do you want to do this? And I said, I'll take a blowjob first. She goes, I don't get blowjobs. And I said, you fuck kids off the street, but you don't get blowjobs. <laughs> got boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, we banged. She had a, a drawer full of, like, toys and condoms and lube and all and that. did you know she was a prostitute at this point? I had no idea. <laughs> That's, I, I think she was a prostitute, but I think she had a thing for young kids, like, 16-year-olds? If you don't know, is she technically I never got charged. Well, then she's not. Then it wasn't a prostitute. I think she, oh, she was. No, no. Oh, that's not a prostitute. I think she was charged. charged that's by like a whore in the most old-fashioned term. Or yeah. she's just off the clock. I think that's what it was, because yeah. she had the every symptom of a prostitute. Like, she had the <laughs> pimp guy in right. the room. She had the drawer full of shit. She and had... her husband. You're just... <laughs> I, maybe there were swingers. I don't know, but she, she felt hoary. And- that well, is, is statutory rape a thing in, in New Orleans or not? I sure, I'm sure it is, but you know, I wasn't. It was consensual. <laughs> These no, days, you would have yeah. cashed in. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're right. You're you right. Cash in, so try, yeah. This was simple, simpler times. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, that's. that's a, should we get to the news? Motivating yeah, story get to the news. Oh, do you have anything to promote? You got any shows coming up? Oh yeah, yeah. When does this come out? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, great. I'm in Cincinnati all weekend at the Funny Bone. Then I'm in Syracuse. Sorry, I shit on that. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so if you well, know anybody out there, let them know. Yeah. Big the listeners Bone. love the orange, right? Mostly Syracuse and China. Uh, it's one of our biggest markets. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in Portland uh, at the Helium. Portland's weird. We uh, talked about that. We're going to talk about the news, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, New Orleans. We're going to New Orleans in August. I'm nice. doing One-Eyed Jacks in the French Quarter. So come out to that. I've been to One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah, it's a good room. Yeah. First place I ever paid to do comedy. You paid to do comedy? I got paid. <laughs> oh, you got paid to yeah. do comedy. Yeah. I think I just drank there maybe when I was living there. Yeah. It's, it's just like a bar also, right? It's a bar, but it's got but a it's stage. It's like a live venue. Yeah, a lot of music. All right, sweet. one Jacks. All right, uh, let's get to the news. Bring it on.
first news story of the week. This comes out. Oh, Portland. Did you say you're going to be in Portland? Yes, sir. All right, yeah. Caps. And I just got back from Portland about oh, yeah, a couple months did. ago. Portland City Council on Wednesday voted 3-1 to one in favor of the Equal Use Act, a new resolution granting individuals who identify as furries the same rights afforded to dogs and their owners, including uh, defecating and mating in dog parks. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Furries are now allowed to shit in dog parks? Because self, if you self-identify as a dog, then you get all the rights in New Orleans that a dog would get. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love when it, <laughs> things are getting so liberal and open-minded that it's going to sh- collapse on itself. Yeah, yeah. It's you completely know? ridiculous. Now we have a guy shitting in a dog park, <laughs> and you got to go, well, hey. But you got to clean up. Who cleans up after him? I, uh, his things. owner does. You got the owner. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know anything about furries. A furry has an owner. A furry <laughs> is a dude in a. Well, I thought it was a dude in a in a um, suit. A big in a suit. Big but now you can't suit. say it's a dude. You have to say it's an actual. That's a dog. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. That? I love you it. Have to say so, a guy. It's offensive if you say it's a, yes. it's a man. It's not a man in a suit. This offends my dog though to have somebody say they're a dog. I don't know. Oh, yes. You could go there. It, it's amazing that people in America now want to be dogs. Yeah. Like, in there was, in China, when I was in China, they, do, they don't like, like, Japanese. They hate the Japanese, right? Chinese hate the Japanese. Yeah, because okay. World War II, they still sure. hold on to it. Oh, but and, they're cool uh, with us. Let it go. <laughs> there's certain, you can see yeah. <laughs> taxis that have signs that say, no dogs or Japanese allowed. Whoa. That guy wouldn't be allowed in. How about this? <laughs> yeah. You're a real dog, huh? And he gives you like a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, all right. Well, there's peanut butters on my on my balls. You gotta lick it. A dog would never not lick my balls with peanut butter That's, on it. That, you yeah. gotta do it. You gotta yeah. do it, dog. Yeah. Also, sit. Yeah. How about that? I wonder if vets now have to treat take them? it. Oh, treat. <laughs> yes. Now we're talking. And I'm gonna castrate you. And you can't get mad. Hey, you're a dog. Yeah, but they can suck it. You're a furry. You can walk up and sniff like butts or like. You can do whatever you want. You're a dog. Yeah, dogs. The one thing that they ask the city council of Portland, (laughs) you should ask when you get out there. You should find out about this. Yeah. They ask that in in an effort to prevent uh, the spread of diseases, we ask the owners refrain from allowing their dogs or furries to drink from standing water in the park. Mm. So you're not allowed to just drink puddles. Right. But everything else, you can have sex. You can mate. Can you lick your own balls you in, the, be, in the park? I believe have to be yes. Neutered if you're going to be a dog. Otherwise, yeah, that's what I'm saying. As Bob Barker would say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got to cut your balls off, Johnny. Yeah. And also, you have to be on a leash. Leash laws. Yes. You know, <laughs> As a dog owner, yeah, people get very upset with dogs are off leash. I know this. So. <laughs> right. You, uh, Rabies shot. I want all of it. Yeah. And get in my purse. <laughs> Take it. Next story. Uh, oh, this is. I don't know if this affects you. I don't know how old you are, but um, 33. I'm okay. If you're born between, it says if you were born between. I can't do the math. I can't do math. I'm 35. (laughs) I was born in 82. Uh, If you were born between 1977 and 1983, you may not be a member of Generation X or Millennial. You may now be a Xennial. That's exciting news. I Mm. think you were born after. It's from the Daily Mail. It says (laughs) there's a micro generation in between Generation X who um, didn't grow up. With technology, but got it later on in life. So, because like people are always telling me, first of all, this whole millennial thing, very American. Yeah, I'd never heard anything about. I mean, I vaguely heard about it living abroad, but it wasn't really like thrown in your face. The different generations until you get back here. Yeah, it's not like a Chinese millennial culture. They don't complain about or they have a new. Their generations are five years. They've decided oh, wow. because everything moves so quickly that it's all like five year, five year, five year, five mm. year. So they they can shit on people like. A year younger than them. Right. <laughs> be like, hey, I don't know, like the old days. Right. They don't know what it's all about. But here, it seems like it's a big deal. Oh, it's a huge, and I, I think it's a real thing. It's so apparent. 
you know, just the staring at the phones and the no social cues and the the t- lack of toughness. Yes, but do you feel like that's you? No, I think I made it. I, I'm I'm 83, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think I had. I I'm had, 82. I didn't have internet till I was, you know. I didn't have AOL and chat room shit. I had none of that. Well, that's the thing. So when I came back, they were, everyone was telling me that was me. They're like, no, you're from, you're 82. Yeah. You're, you're that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I'm think like, so. That's, that, it should be 85, I think. I think that's what they're saying now. Good. So that's, what, that's what millennials like covers like all young people. This it would like, include imagine, you. It's 70, yeah, 78. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm old. So right. you know, I always felt, because like, when I was growing up, there was like Generation X. Yes. Right. And like I was too young for that. But sure. like, I always wanted to be older. Yeah. Like, so I was like, try to like be like those people, like I'd see in movies and stuff. But we never had a term. We had nothing. We had nothing. Well, Generation X was always like we had this neighbor yeah, who like slackers uh, and like that. That's cool he wore like grunge. yeah, grunge. Even before he was into like uh, to me, it was always people who were into like metal yeah. in the eighties. You know, and they had like the meta- like the Metallica, Megadeth yeah. posters. That was Generation X. Right? Was it? Because I thought it was like Pearl Jam. Well, that's uh, that's essentially us, right? Right, but the people who are in Pearl, like Pearl Jam, those oh, guys like the guys yeah. in Pearl Jam, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was them. You're right. Oh no, I meant the people Pearl who Jam fans. To it? Yeah, because okay. every kid in my neighborhood growing up, oh, not in my neighborhood, but in New Orleans, had the fucking Pearl Jam. It was like a purplish poster where they're all high fiving. Yeah, ten, <laughs> ten. <laughs> yes, yeah. ten. known for it. Like you need to Nothing. be. If you're gonna say some other generation, you need to have like a bad thing. Like it's got to be like can't just be things where we don't do. Like what do we do? Well, like we to, we had Katrina. <laughs> we had Katrina. We had 9/11, although I guess millennials did too. The one thing we have that I think is like nostalgia. OJ. I, I feel like we had OJ. Uh, yeah. OJ. Uh, sure. That's the thing. Like we're talk, like millennial. I feel like the generation Xennial, whatever you want to call it. We're like the most nostalgic. Like people always want to like they're really into the eighties. Now they're really into the nineties. We had ska. They're really into yeah. Really into all the things we used to be into. <laughs> Nintendo. They, like everybody. They like, bring back the Nintendo. That's for us. I just, yes. Well, that's like such a thing. That's like oh, it's coming back now. I just know I learned like I the first time I ever sent a text message I was twenty two. So then I can't be a millennial who grew up with technology. No. See right? that's yeah. what that's I was what, like twenty five. That's what our group is. We're the group that's like half in, half out. We had the first half of our life, no internet, no technology, and now the second half is it's completely there. Which is yeah. sort of the worst because I look like I should know everything about computers. Yeah, you look young. But too. I'm playing catch up, <laughs> trying to learn all the stuff that people already just assume right, I already right. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I got a, a lots of material on what it's like to call a girl on the telephone. That's totally useless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like <laughs> Seinfeld's out. <laughs> we played outside. Yeah. That's out. Now yeah. it's video games and shit. We never had an iPad. So yeah, I think I think we're the only we time need a word. You, like play outside now is if you're like clearly going to be an offensive lineman at like LSU. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're a, a recruit. <laughs> yeah, like remember remember when you were a kid, your mom was like in or out, in or out, you know, because he kept going in and out. I don't know. That and then they would always say, mom. stay outside. It's good for you to like play yeah. outside. Meanwhile, that's bullshit. It's good to be inside. Yeah, of course. What's well, Putting together a computer. Well, it's funny yeah. You gotta play pickup basketball. A lot of times you look around and like everyone's old. Like you're like we're. That's true. <laughs> like I'm playing basketball, and it doesn't teach you doing. anything. I mean, it teaches you teamwork, which I guess is good. Well, but social te- skills. Social yeah. skills. But I'm saying, like, I know kids who are younger than me who are all now like millionaires because they right. were like coding. Put it. Yeah, they were coding <laughs> yeah. when I was playing outside. That's well, true. That's blame true. Your parents. <laughs> but I think you get some real world knowledge out there in the streets. True. Uh, it's, it's gotten me this far. Yeah, you <laughs> it's go. Got me to in studios. Yeah. No. Last story. Uh, this comes to us from Free Speech Department of our uh, research studio. <laughs> oh, boy. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled eight zero in today, favor. Not today. Uh, today, according to this story, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled eight zero in favor of the Asian American dance rock band The Slants, 
<laughs> holding that the First Amendment protects the rights in uh, band member uh, protects the rights of the band members to register a trademark in their band's offensive name. Offensive is in quotation marks. Wait. So their name is the Slants. Their name's the Slants. They're an all Asian dance rock group, and they name themselves, of course. So what's the problem? Yeah, who's the, the problem? Is that some like local the Patent and Trademark Office in 2011, when they initially tried to register their oh. band name, deemed it too offensive. You can't trademark something that's offensive. Is the what about the, niggas with attitude? I don't. Maybe they never applied for a trademark. Ah, or maybe they, I, I don't bet know. They did. They did. I think. Well, that was 80s. a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. I think now. Even if you're calling yourself something that's about yourself, I feel like that is that's it's, incrimination. It's ridiculous. I mean, maybe that's the wrong word, but you should be allowed to call yourself anything you want. Whatever I, you want. If I'm like, I can be a dog, but I can't be a slant. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I grew up listening to a band called the Chinkies. <laughs> oh yeah. Asian like ska. I rock. don't know that. Right. I mean, you have to prove you're like Asian, I guess, right, to be in the Chinkies. But no, but yeah. even that didn't even work because these guys are all Asians. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, finally decided he struck <laughs> down the ruling. Like you've never heard of him before. <laughs> Supreme Court I'm new. Justice. That'd be great if they're all named Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> there were some of the best band names. I remember like punk rock is what I grew up listening to and like uh -huh. playing and everything. Well, that's like the oh god, the Gaza Strippers. The uh, Gaza are like great my name. favorite band. Great... I, yeah. yeah, I love that name. John Cougar Concentration Camp was nice. one. Nice. Yeah. There was yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, dead the Dead Kennedys were that's fantastic. Offensive. Yeah, that, that's a fan yeah. Think about that. Reagan Youth was one. Wow. Yeah. I guess I mean, none of those bands ever really needed to apply I for mean, anything. They might but be giant sounds offensive. I think you're right. I think the idea that there's a bunch of people sitting in like a courthouse deciding what people can't call themselves. Well, it's also weird. Like you can't name like I, I get it if it's like like you can't name your child like Hitler or something. That's like a, like they've stopped parents from doing that. Have or, they? Yeah. You can't like. Yeah. But like, because that's you choosing that the someone one? else. Is there but any if others? you wanted to change your own name to Hitler, you should be allowed to do that. Completely, you know, like, sure. It's your, as an adult, so I don't know. That's yeah. the only one I know of. I don't know. I haven't done the re well, our research department. Get the free speech department on this. <laughs> the slants should just. I think they could. They can just uh, chance it. Because who else is going to come as the slants, is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they need the trademark, is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, they don't you need know? to lock down that, yeah, that corner. Yeah, you're all right. Music. Yeah, but other people might sell t-shirts. I don't know. But yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Ripped yeah, him off right. with the Slants t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. He's making that Slants money. <laughs> Maybe we should play their music on the podcast since they can't sue us if they can't even use the name. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> That'd be a great idea. All right. Well, that's all. Mark, hey, thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. A lot of fun. This was a blast. And uh, that's it. Oh, we're ending with De'Aaron Roots. We're ending. ADD. Oh, we're playing Live music. from Sacramento, California. Oh, right. Enjoy. We're playing now. Enjoy the music. Mark, thanks for doing it. That's all. Cap, we're going to do Who dat? Get lost. Who dat? What's up? This is Aaron Roots. Shout out to Lost in America podcast. Shout out to Sacramento Kings. They announced the rookies tonight. From now on, I'm officially changing my name to De'Aaron Roots. De'Aaron Fox, baby. All right, here's a little sample of what we played tonight. This is my band, another damn disappointment. ADD, Sacktown, go Kings!
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.